Today is Mother's Day, and we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you, for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows and we celebrate with you. If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you. We love you and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you. And we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength, beauty, and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you, and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you, and we celebrate each and every one of you. This morning we want to honor and say thank you to the women of our church, all of you, because um, let's just admit it, without you we are sunk um, in a lot of ways. And so we want to honor you this morning in three different ways. Uh, first, um, there is uh, uh, set up in our fellowship area a, uh, a, a picture area. There's a bench and there's some flowers and there's some things. And we would love for you to take advantage of that, to take a picture today, to remind today of uh, the, the blessing it is to be a people who get to worship together, but especially a day in which we're honoring all the women of our congregation. So not just so, you know, moms, if your kids are here, grab them, but it's for, a, it's for everybody. Wouldn't it be great if you grabbed a, a woman who has influenced you, who is a part of the, the church here, and just say, hey, can I get a picture with you? And so I want to encourage you, after the service is over, uh, go mill around uh, in the fellowship area there, take some pictures, and, uh, and celebrate today. Maybe grab somebody and honor them and say, hey, would you take a picture with me? And we could remember this day. The second way that we want to honor the women of our congregation is a lot of times churches on Mother's Day, um, and we used to years ago do this, they would give you every woman who is there over the age of 18 would get some kind of gift, like, you know, 
uh, a carnation or a devotional or a bookmark or a picture of the pastor or something along those lines. And, um, but a number of years ago, I don't know, maybe eight or ten years ago, we decided that we would take those, the dollars that we were spending on those, those things uh, to pass out, and we would target um, and choose a, a mom or a woman who is out in our community or in our church, we've done both, who had a need. And that we could meet that need, and, the, and the, the need would be met in the name of the women of the Sandpoint Church of the Nazarene. And so we've chosen a, a mother who's a part of our congregation this year, who's not here Sunday because she's working today, but is walking through a tough journey right now, and needs some repairs on her home. And so the money that we would have bought a flower or a bookmark, we're buying drywall. Pretty exciting with that. And then we're going to ask when the time is right for some guys to go and hang that drywall. And that gift will be given in the name of all of the women of Sandpoint Church of the Nazarene. And we just want to honor you in that way um, and, and hope that is a way that honors you all today. The third way we want to honor you is to just pray a prayer of blessing. So if you would, would you bow your heads with me? And Father, it is my desire that we in this place would recognize the gifts of the incredible women you have put in our lives. We're thankful, Father, for the women of our past whose shoulders we stand on, who have influenced us. For some, it's been our mothers. For others, it's been other women of faith who have invested in us. God, my prayer is that for each woman here today, we might be uh, a kind of church that creates that atmosphere, that that could continue. That for the women today, they might be influencing, and whether they're a mom or not, whether their kids are here or not, they might choose to be a people who support and influence those that are around them. And so, Lord, we pray your rich blessing, especially today, to fall upon their hearts and their lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, it was a few years ago, our camera broke. And I couldn't be too upset about it because it had been in like five or six different countries. It had been on numerous car trips, motorcycle trips. I'm sure my kids had played with it, dropped it, baseball games, all kinds of things that that happens. What I wasn't excited about was is that I was probably going to have to shell out another $300 for a camera. So I decided I'd, I'd look for the owner's manual. And, and I don't, that didn't go all that well because I don't know how that works in your house. This is how it works in ours. When we get something that has an owner's manual that we want to save, we put it away somewhere like really safe, right? That we have no idea where to find it again. We'd never see it again. So I got online, found the owner's manual, did a little research, and, and, and discovered that probably if I bought two parts, a couple parts for $30, I could fix the camera. It's amazing. Take the time to read the owner's manual, and I was going to save about 90% of the cost. Might hang on to that thought for a little later. So I've got three kids. Uh, One, uh, in another week or so, will be 19, um, who, by the way, we should talk to, Jamie. He's been texting me sermon notes of the church that he's at today in the Boise area. Uh, I don't know if he realizes the kind of work I do during this hour or not. Um, (laughs) We also have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. All three of our kids have, uh, have been born here at Bonner General Hospital, and, uh, you know, which has been great. But I don't know if you've come, ever come home with a child from the hospital. They send you with tons of paperwork. 
There is all kinds of paperwork. There's all kinds of things there. But all three of my kids that I've come home with, I've looked through that paperwork. There is one thing that is not in there. There is no owner's manual. And I have looked. There is no warranty card that comes with them either. There's not even a tag that says some assembly required, batteries not included, smelly side down. Nothing like that comes in any of that paperwork. And so with hope, we go home from the hospital. Our children have been delivered. And then all of a sudden we think, what on earth am I going to do now? Where's the owner's manual? We've had a lot of nurses in our church through the years. We've been blessed that all three of our kids... Uh, a nurse from our church or nurses from our church were able to help deliver them. And while our kids were delivered, I often wondered, who is going to deliver us? There ought to be an owner's manual. There's not, but there is an instruction book we can turn to. It reminded the little boy who came out of children's church, ran up to his dad and said, Dad, Dad, I know what the Bible is for. I know what the Bible is for. Dad said, oh, tell me. He said, the Bible means basic instructions before leaving earth. I like that. The Bible is our basic instruction book for life and relationship. Oh, I know you can't turn to the back to an index and, and find a, a, an exact uh, way to deal with a, a dirty diaper or, or what to do when your straight-A student wants to get their elbow pierced or, or when your daughter comes to you and says that all she can eat now is quail eggs, kiwi, and tabbouleh. Or, or it doesn't give direct answers on what kind of movies we should allow our kids to go to or, or how late we should let them stay out with curfew. And in our case, it doesn't tell us what to do with a college student who's been away for a year and is coming back to live with us this summer. But it does speak to us about a caring God. It is filled with stories of of caring parents. It does show us the examples of relationships and what they ought to look like. It it does tell us the ramifications of, of disobedience and disrespect. And it talks a whole lot about grace and mercy and love and forgiveness, and giving, and sacrifice. You and I are created in the image of God. You and I get to reflect the character of who God is to the world. Now, there are some characteristics of God that, in general, um, men bear a little more. There are some characteristics, in general, that women bear a little more. And, And this is a characteristic on today's Mother's Day, whether you're a mother or not, the women among us highlight, I think, one of, do it the, the best job of highlighting this characteristic of God, the characteristic of sacrificial love. I want to look at two passages this morning that talks about that. The first is from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. And if you're able, would you stand for the reading of the Gospel this morning? These are Jesus' words in John, chapter 10, beginning with verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. When the wolf attacks the the flock and scatters it, the man runs away. Because he's a hired hand, he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I and I know the Father, I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. 
No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This command I've received from my Father. This is the word of God given for the people of God. And we respond together by saying, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Jesus compares us to sheep and shepherds and describes himself as the good shepherd. Now, I think this is not a new idea to you, but I don't think that it's a compliment to be compared to a sheep. You see, sometimes sheep smell. And by that, I mean sometimes sheep really stink. But then so do we. Sometimes life stinks, and sometimes we stink at life. That's why Jesus came. Because sometimes we stink at life, and sometimes we mess things up, this plan that God had for our lives, and we get in the way. And Jesus came to give us hope in that. He came to bring mercy rather than justice, to offer forgiveness. And that's why he came and became the ultimate sacrifice upon the cross for our sakes. That's why he gave us the church. The church is a place where we can be in relationship with one another, where we can understand with one another, experience life together, and and, and to recognize that sometimes life stinks, and sometimes we stink at life. But more than that, the church is a place where we can turn to when life does stink. For in the church, we will find others that, that, that have come to the same conclusion that we don't have to be perfect to be part of the church. That's not what we have to be. What we have to be is a people that humble ourselves and say, God, not my way, but your way. A people who ask for the forgiveness of God and and walk in his way. You see, I I, I really believe this to, to be true. God isn't looking for you to be perfect. God doesn't even expect you to be perfect. What he is looking for is faithful people that will be shaped by his perfect love and that day by day by day, we look more like who he's called us to be. You see, God knows that sometimes we not only look like sheep, sometimes we smell like sheep. He knows that sometimes we stink at life and sometimes life stinks around us. Parents know that same truth for their kids. Sometimes your kid stinks at life and sometimes your kid finds himself in lousy places. Whenever your kids are out of control, those of you that have them, you can take comfort in knowing that not even in God's omnipotence was he able to have perfect kids. Not even, not even God has been able to have perfect kids. You get who I'm pointing at, right? But let me start with the first two, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, God said to him, creates this garden, creates heaven, earth, Adam and Eve. First thing God says is don't. Well, don't what, Adam says? Don't eat the forbidden fruit. You can have everything else. Don't eat the forbidden fruit. Forbidden fruit? We have forbidden fruit. Eve, do you know we have forbidden fruit? No way, she said. Yes way, he said. Don't eat the fruit, God says. Why? I think he said, because I'm your father and I told you so. Don't you think there are probably moments that God says, I wish I just would have stopped with the elephants somewhere in there. And a few minutes later, God sees his kids having an apple break. And he's angry. Didn't I tell you not to eat the fruit? Uh Uh-huh, Adam says. Then why did you do it? I don't know, Eve says. Well, she started it, Adam says. Did not, did too, did not. And it goes back and forth. And, And having enough of the two of them, God's punishment for Adam and Eve was that they must have children of their own. 
But there's reassurance in the story. If you have persistently and lovingly tried to give wisdom to your kids or those who you invest in, it might not be your kids, but they haven't taken it, don't be hard on yourself. For if God has trouble handling his children, what makes you think it's going to be a piece of cake for you? That's why we need the scripture. That's why we need the church. We need guidance. We, we need a church full of men and women who will come alongside of moms and dads and offer them support. This morning I was up working and my phone uh, had a notification at 5.30. It popped up an article from USA Today on uh, mothers on Mother's Day. And so I thought, well, I'll read that. And so I was reading it this morning, and, and, uh, and it was this woman talking about how hard it is to be a mom. And then she got to this line, and this is the line that I hang, hung on to. She said, if it takes a village, where is my village? And I spoke back into the phone. I don't think she heard me. I said, the church. The church can be your village. The church is designed for, for us to be people, even if they aren't our kids, for, to be moms and dads who stand with each other and support each other and, and walk alongside of each other. I ran across this week a recipe for parenting. It says it takes equal parts of faith, hope, prayer, patience, and sacrifice. Add to that a cup of the milk of human kindness, a daily help of scripture, a double dose of grace, large portions of discipleship and worship, a pound of discipline, sweeten it with lots of joy, stir in a barrel of laughter, Flavor it with a modicum of mercy and gently mix it all together with a lifetime of love and serve. Parenting isn't easy, even in the best of times. We need the basic instructions and biblical examples to help raise the kids of our church, the kids of our community in the right way. And we need the fellowship of like-minded people who will offer comfort and support that even if they aren't your kids, you will stand with men and women who will stand alongside of others because sometimes we stink at life and sometimes life stinks today is mother's day and we want to honor all the women who model sacrificial love this morning jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who who lays down his life for his sheep he talks about caring and sacrifice and i got to thinking who understands that better than moms Parents make sacrifices all the time for their kids so that their kids can have something. You sacrifice, you save stuff, you save for the future of your kids, but it's, but it's more than that. When they're young, you sacrifice because you're, you're making sure that they can go to soccer or gymnastics or Little League or be involved in all the things that they're going to be involved in, but it's more than that. My kids and I used to play a game we still do once in a while, and uh, it started with our oldest, Lake. I've told you this story before, I think a couple times at Easter over the last few years. But it's, I tell you again because it's a story that just made, it was just such a radical, uh, eye-opening moment for me in my life. This game that we used to play with our kids was, uh, you know, I love you, I love you more, I love you most. We still play that once in a while. But I remember playing it with Lake when he was small. And, and we'd, we'd say things like, I love you all the way to the fountain downtown. Well, I love you all the way out to Lake Ponderay. Well, I love you, and we're just trying to up each other. I love you to the moon and back. I love you to the universe and back. You know, I love you to infinity and beyond. Just trying to get, and it's escalating along. And Lake said something like, I love you to Googleplex and back. I don't even know what that is. But I remember what came into my mind was, I love you, and that thought came into my mind, 
I love you enough to lay down my life for you. And it was just this instant that I had this whole new appreciation of how much God loves me and the depth that God loves you. 1 John 3.16 says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and that we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Mothers do this. Oh, we've heard heroic stories of mothers jumping in raging waters and lifting semis off of infants. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about laying down your life that happens in the day-to-day, every day, going the extra mile, day in and day out, without thought of reward and probably not getting any reward. That counts, too, and is far more common than raging waters. Mothers qualified exemplify all of this truth every day, practical, sacrificial loving. But each of us are called to do the same. We're going to celebrate, as we do on the second Sunday of the month, each week and celebrate coming to the Lord's table here in the next few moments, recognizing this gift of sacrifice that God so loved the world so greatly that he gave his son. But before we do, let me leave you with two thoughts. First, the shepherd understands. The shepherd understands what it's like to sacrifice, to take time, to invest in the flock. The shepherd also understands what it's like to lose a sheep from the fold and the heartache that that can bring. And so, mothers, today, if one of your children is outside of the fold, is outside of the, of the family, is outside of the protection of the Lord's kingdom, would you know that today you don't walk alone? but that there are men and women in this place who will stand alongside of you and who will support you. And will you know that God loves your child so much he laid down his life for them and he will not rest. He will not rest seeking, searching, and saving. And we as a people will covenant together to live life in such a way that when people see our life, they understand the attraction of the shepherd. Second, the church ought to be a place where we can be mothered and mother. It ought to be a place where you can nurture your faith, but you can also nurture the faith of others. A mother's character shows up in God's character, but don't think that it's only a mother's job. As a church, we're called to be a people who live towards each other like mothers live towards their children, like shepherds live towards their flock. We're called to watch out for each other, to sacrifice for each other, to love each other in good times and bad. There is one thing I didn't tell you about my camera story. The camera has been broken for a long time. I actually, uh, I, I read the owner's manual a long time ago and never ordered the parts. The camera isn't fixed. Why? Because reading the manual isn't enough. Only reading the manual doesn't get it done. Just knowing what to do isn't enough. And I'm afraid that there are sometimes there is a big gap between knowing what we ought to do and knowing who we ought to be and actually being who we're called to be. 
And I'm busy, but it's not like I didn't have time to, to order the parts. It just happens to be true that we sacrifice for what we care about. And the question, I think, one of the questions for us today is if, if someone was to follow you around this week, what would they say that you care about? We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and that we ought to lay down our lives for each other. Sometimes that's our calendar. Sometimes that's our to-do list. Sometimes it's our finance. Sometimes it's our plans. To lay down our life for someone in need. As we give thanks by coming to the table today, can I challenge you this week to have a conversation? Have a conversation. If you're single, have it with yourself. Some of the best listening you'll get. Um, If you're married, to have it with your spouse, maybe with a friend, or maybe with your kids. But to really take this question seriously. How are we living our life in sacrificial love for others? Not just how are we living our life in love. We can all do that. How are we living our lives in sacrificial ways? Laying it down for others. That maybe the discussion would be this. What could we do this week? As a person, as a couple, as a family. For we know love by this. That he laid down his life for us. And that we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Father, we give you thanks for this day that you have given us. A day that you have made and a day that we rejoice. A day that we come and we recognize our need for you. A day in which we invite you to guide us and direct us and to shape us. A day in which we honor the women of our congregation, the women in our life but a day in which we're reminded because of that that you call us to be a people who who don't just who aren't just reminded in an hour in a church but are reminded on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday when we're in the midst of our circumstances in the midst of our life that you call us to be a people who, who look like the shepherd. So Lord, we come giving thanks for your amazing gift of grace. We come to the table humbly before you today, recognizing we don't deserve it, but that's grace, and you pour it out for us. But as we come to the table today, and all who are invited to come who accept this grace, we, as we come to the table today, we come making a statement It says, Lord, help me be who you've called me to be. Maybe I haven't been walking in that way. 
Help me be who you've called me to be. Help me to be one who, who is willing to, 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 to hand over my date book and my to-do list and my stuff. And to be your hands and feet, to be a shepherd to those that are around me. We come to the table and we leave changed by your grace.